Thank you. Isn't it wonderful to have baby dedications on Father's Day? Oh, I just love it. And which is also why I am wearing my stylish outfit. Crocs and socks that rock. Absolutely. It's Father's Day. I'm going to dress the part. Um, also, to keep the part going, I'm going to start with a few more dad jokes than I normally start with. That's right. You get a double dose this morning. So who was the knight that was quoted to say, I was the knight no one expected to see on the battlefield that day? Well, that, of course, would have been surprise. <laughs> Did you know that an acorn is actually a tree? Well, in a nutshell. Can you imagine if the Americans switched from pounds to kilograms overnight? there would be mass confusion. <laughs> I've been saving up really good ones for today. Did you know scuba divers roll backwards off boats because if they rolled forwards, they just roll into the boat? That's right. What are your plans for today, says uh, one friend to another. And he, the guy replies, well, me and a friend of mine are going to get some glasses. And after that, well, after that, we'll see. <laughs> and last one, I tried to sue the airline for losing my luggage. Did you win? I lost the case. <laughs> oh, man, those are so good. I love them. And I know, I know secretly more of you do than laugh, so I'll just keep telling them. Yeah. So happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, and it's, it's wonderful to have a baby dedication on Father's Day, as I was saying, so I want to congratulate the Wilhelms, uh, which aren't there anymore, um, for dedicating their children today. And uh, what a wonderful picture uh, baby dedication is, because it's, we're giving back to God what He has given to us, right, in our children. And so our children are really only ours to steward while we're on this earth and while we have them, but they really are the Lord's. And so we need to keep that in mind, and we need to equip them for the future. The last couple of weeks, I've been working pretty hard out in the yard, and I've gotten a bit of a tan, you might have noticed, uh, quite a red neck. Redder than normal, and uh, it's been it's been a, a lot of hard work in the backyard getting the. We we saved up all our spending money from last year because we didn't do anything, and uh, so we bought an above ground pool. And so I've been preparing the ground, I've been uh, preparing the pool, building the pool, building the deck for around the pool. I don't know why I decided 2021 would be a good year to build a deck, but uh, I, I, we did. And, you know, as, as I am in a bind at times, I, I give my dad a call because he knows stuff about things. And so the other day, I was in a bind. And so I gave him a call and I said, Dad, can you help me? And so we set up a time to come work and he came over and, he, and we, we built a large portion of the deck that day. And at the end of the day, Noah and Lucy were admiring all of our work and they were looking at Dad and, and me and... Oh, my dad, and, and then also at me, and then they said, who's stronger, you or Papa? 
And to be honest, I'd never even thought about it. I have a brother that's two years older than me, so he was always my benchmark. He was always, if I was stronger than him, then I was happy. I mean, Dad was otherworldly. There's no way I could be stronger than Dad. So never even thought about it, to be honest. But, I mean, it seems like a logical question to a six-year-old. And so I didn't, I didn't know the answer, but my dad very graciously and humbly said, Oh, your dad is stronger than me. And I, I, I actually don't think he's right. I think he's still stronger. I think he's still the strongest Hofert in the house. And you know what? I'm just really happy that I have a 60-plus-year-old dad that I can call that's healthy enough and is close enough and has the resources to come and to give me a hand to work on the deck all day. And uh, so, it, I mean, that's a blessing, a wonderful thing. So... Um, just like God designed our earthly fathers for us to call on them, for, them, for us to say, Dad, I need your help. Uh, God has also designed him to be uh, available and for us to call on him when we need help as well. So we need to remember that our earthly fathers aren't just there for wisdom, advice, jokes, or stories, or comfort, but our Heavenly Father is also available for each of those things and more. The title for today's sermon is Fathers Need the Father. Fathers Need the Father. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord, that it is rich, rich with wisdom, rich with lessons, rich with rich with impartation. We pray that we would receive all of those today as we are in your word. We pray, Lord God, that your word would change us today and we would be made more like your son, Jesus. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. The text that I want to look at today is Psalm 127. And while you're turning there, whether digitally or physically, I want to give you a little bit of background on Psalm 127. So Psalm 127 is right in the middle of the Psalms of Ascent. So Psalms 120 through 134 are the Psalms of Ascent, which were the Psalms that were recited while the Jewish people were on their way to Jerusalem for the annual festivals. And they had many annual festivals. So these would have been recited many times in the year. And it's really neat because they had certain ones for on the journey to Jerusalem, certain psalms within Jerusalem, and then they probably had certain psalms for each step into the temple. Suffice to say, these psalms were very important to the Jewish people and the Jewish culture. And so it's with that that we have to look through that lens to read Psalm 127. So let's read it now. Psalm 127, verse 1. Unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with sentries will do no good. It is useless for you to work so hard from early morning to late at night, anxiously working for food to eat, for God gives rest to his loved ones. Children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hand. 
How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. He will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. So there's kind of two natural parts to this psalm. The first two verses talk about uh, building a house or a city and guarding a city. And the second, or the, the last three, talk about children and them being a blessing. Uh, we're going to take a look at the first two verses now. And right away, when I read these first two verses, I see that I'm reminded of the wise and the foolish builders, the parable that Jesus tells in Matthew chapter 7, where the wise builder builds his house on a solid foundation, on a rock. That, of course, is Jesus. And to build our houses on the foundation of Jesus is the surest foundation. And then the foolish builder, of course, built his house on sand, not Jesus. And when the wind and the, wave came, and the waves came and beat against each of those houses, the house on the rock stood and was, was fine. It was able to withstand those, uh, those wind, that wind and those waves. And the house that was built on the sand could not, and it was destroyed. Right? So obviously, there's no point to labor, as we're taught, we read in these first two verses. There's no point to all this labor if the Lord's not in it. There's no point. Unless God is going to protect the city, unless God is with us as we're building our house, there's no point to labor in vain, it says. Obviously, the house is the literal interpretation of this. But not only does this apply to our house, but as we talked about in the baby dedication, it also applies to our home. It applies to how we raise our children. It applies to how we live our lives and what we prioritize and what we do in our days. Unless we let God lead our lives, we will labor or live in vain. Our work will be wasted if we aren't acting in submission to God. Verse 1 continues, it elaborates, and says that our wasted efforts are on a city if God is not protecting that city. Because what can a guard do against a hailstorm? What can a guard do when the flood waters are rising? What can a guard do when there's a tornado coming? Other than give a little bit extra warning, a guard really doesn't do any good at all against those things. Unless the Lord protects the city, the guards are only an early warning system. So when a city is protected by the Lord, there's no reason to fear any of those things. There's no reason to, to fear an earthquake. There's no reason to fear a landslide. There's no reason to fear the strong winds because the Lord protects that city. Some people may take this to mean that, well, if, if I can't labor and if I can't guard a city, then what's the point of doing anything? That's what some people might think. That's maybe what you're thinking too. I mean, if God's not in building my house, I'm not going to build my house. If God's not in protecting the city, what point is there in protecting the city? So what should I do? Why should I do anything then, right? <clears throat> well, there's value in doing things still. We need to be hard at work. God values 
hard work. If you read Proverbs, sorry, Proverbs 31, God praises the wife of noble character, he says. He is so proud of the different things and the different ways she works so hard. God loves hard work. So God's not saying, don't work. God's not saying, don't do nothing. God's saying, work, yes, but prioritize me in that work. Prioritize me in that work. The lesson in this verse is to work hard, but to trust God in that time. Working as for the Lord is an act of worship, just like we sang worship songs this morning that worship God. When we work hard as for the Lord, the Lord receives that as worship too. We also need to recognize that we cannot outwork God ever. Regardless of how many hours you put in in a day, regardless of how many hours you put in in a week, you still only have 24 hours in your day, 168 hours in your week. God's not limited by that time frame. He can do whatever He wants, whenever He wants. And so He wants you to put in a good day's work and then for you to go home to your family and to spend time with them to rest and recuperate. God also built in a Sabbath day. Six days we shall work, and one day man shall rest. And so we're supposed to rest. We're supposed to take that time. I love hearing farmers that even in the midst of seeding and even in the midst of harvest, they take Sunday off. They Sabbath. They let their machinery rest too. It lets their, it, it's easier on equipment. It's easier on on your hired labor, it's easier on you, it's easier on everything. God asked us to Sabbath, commanded us to Sabbath for a reason. And that reason is not just for our bodies, but it's also for our families. And so we can be with our families. Brittany was praying earlier and saying it's so much easier when moms uh, have dads as well. I think that was Brittany saying that. Um, it's so important for, for dads to be present, for fathers to be available. And fathers, families need their fathers, and fathers need the father. Amen. Also in Proverbs, we read different times of warnings against being lazy, as is found in Proverbs 15, verse 19. A lazy person's way is blocked with, with briars, but the path of the upright is an open highway. We need to rest, but we can't get stuck in that place of selfishness and where we can't get off the couch to do anything, where we won't get off the couch to do anything. Both work and rest are important. Work, working and resting need to be in an appropriate relationship. They are a relationship with each other. We can worship God while we work and while we rest, if our hearts and our perspectives are right, if we keep the right perspective, and if we keep a listening ear for the voice of the Holy Spirit and for what He's saying and how He's leading us, and then also keeping that listening ear to our, to our wives or to our spouses and listening to our children and what they're saying. If they're saying, oh, you're going to work again? Why aren't you ever home then we need to pay attention to those words. We need to recognize, I need to be spending more time at home. 
So in the final three verses, the author takes a bit of a turn in the psalm. To me, this looks like the classic work-life balancing act that I just hinted at and that so many of us struggle with on a day-to-day or a week-to-week basis. If we're busy at work, we feel guilty for not being at home. If we're busy at home, we feel guilty for not being at work. And there's this constant struggle, constant battle. Where do I need to be right now? If I feel like I'm doing a really good job at church, then I'm usually out in the evenings. I'm out for meetings or coffees or pastoral appointments, and um, I end up missing out on some things at home. I end up missing out on those last precious minutes before bedtime with my kids and praying with them before sleep and tucking them in and those big hugs and kisses before bedtime. I'm missing out on those things, but I'm being able to build the kingdom of God in a different way in being out in meetings, but I also want to be building the kingdom of God at home. And so when I feel like I'm doing good at home, I feel like, oh, I get to be at my kids' events. I get to take them there, stay there, and actually watch them, watch them kick the soccer ball around, and uh, watch, uh, take them to bed. And, uh, and I just love being able to be a part of those times too. But then I feel like, oh, am I doing enough work for the church? Am I doing enough? And it's just a constant struggle in my mind. I always think, not always, but I often wonder, am I spending too much time at one or the other? Ministering or working for a purpose and to provide for my family while also being present with my family are all things that are so dear to my heart. I love, I love them all. And I want to be doing them all. And, and I know that many of you fathers struggle in the same way. I, how can I be at work and be at home and be in ministry at the same time? How can I do that? Because men love to build things. Men love to conquer. Men love meeting goals, exceeding those goals. Men love to accomplish things. And we like to work hard. Of course, Women like to do those things as well, but it's Father's Day. Women, Kristen talked to mothers on Mother's Day. We're talking to men here. So you'll see the desire to conquer come out in different ways in different men. Some men want to conquer a mountain. Some men want to conquer a driveway. Other men want to climb the corporate ladder. Other men want to defeat digital enemies, and others want to actually have dominion over the animals that, Jesus, that God commanded us in Genesis to have dominion over. And so men want to conquer and achieve these goals in different ways. Fathers have the added responsibility of making sure to properly love and disciple and comfort their children and to train them up in the way of the Lord. Ideally, of course, this is done in a family setting with their wives, but in all ways, fathers need the father. Let me tell you a story. Uh, Mom and Dad bought a 1993 GMC Sierra. It was an extended cab, two-wheel drive with a topper. It was a very, very nice truck. Loved that truck. But what I really loved about that truck is that very shortly after getting that truck, Dad decided, let's build some boxes in the back. We're 
using this truck to pull the camper, and so let's build some storage boxes into the topper where it's lockable and secure, and he invited me to come and to build those boxes with him. And so all day, it was me and dad working in the truck, working on the truck. We were sweaty and loud tools, and it was, it was awesome. One of my favorite memories as a child, because we built stuff, and we built it together. And, and it was a really sad day a few years later when we sold the truck. And actually, I remember being in the back of that truck, leaning up against those boxes that I made with my dad. And I was crying, because it was such a valuable experience to me, and I was losing that physically. Obviously, I still have the memory and the time, but I was losing the physical representation of that. It's memories like that that help me remember the impact of inviting my kids along with me to help, to build, to be with me as I'm working. And it also helps me remember why maybe they might be upset about something that I just it, I can't see how it's important, but it was important to them. And so I need to remember that as well. My favorite verse in this whole psalm, though, is verse 3, which reads, Children are a gift from God. They are a reward from Him. In case we missed it the first time, when he says they're a gift, he says they are a reward from Him. We're told a second time, so even though being a father is the hardest thing you'll probably ever do, the hardest thing you'll probably ever do, never forget, children are from him. They're an undeserved gift that we get from him. So the key lesson in both of these different parts of Psalm 127, fathers need the father. We need to depend on him. Whether we're building a house, a city, a family, an empire, a business, or boxes in the back of a truck, we need to remember that unless the Lord builds it, our efforts are wasted. Similarly, in raising children, we need the Lord's help. Every child is different, and so at different ages and different stages in life, we need to adjust and we need to pivot on how we raise them, on how we discipline them, how we love them, how we show affection to them. You don't show the same affection to a newborn as you do to a teenager. You have to learn the different ages and stages of life. Just like I called on my earthly dad and I said, Dad, can you help me? We need to be quick to call upon our heavenly Father and say, Dad, can you help me? And that's true not just of fathers, that's true of all of us. We need to all reach out to our Heavenly Father. Whenever we're in need, whenever we're in trouble, we need to say, Dad, Abba, Father, will you help me? Finally, in order for the final verse to be true, for verse 5 that says, How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them, that's children, he will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gates. We need to train our children up to equip them, to include them as much as we can. We need to teach 
our children how to be blessings to us, not to serve us as slaves, but we need to teach them how to be contributing members in the family, in the church, and in the community. We want them to be contributors. We want them to bring things to where the different people that they see and the different groups that they're in. We want them to be contributors. As adults in this church, whether we are fathers or mothers or not, we need to look around at the next generations. And we need to say, will you help me? Just like I was invited to help build those boxes for our truck, we need to invite the younger to be part of what we're doing. We need to invite them along. And we need to be doing things, first of all. But we need to invite them along and say, hey, come and help me. I need a hand. Even though you don't need a hand. I, I'm sure I didn't really help my dad in building those boxes. Pretty sure I made him, I extended the time taken to build them by being there. But it, he invited me along, and it was one of my favorite memories as a child. We need to include. We need to equip them. We may never know how important including them is, but it is so important. So important to include them along. This is especially true of us as men to be inclusive. Both little girls and little boys look to men for their value. They want to be known to be strong and capable. They want to know they're loved and that they're valued. Men, we have a hard task ahead of us, which is why we need to look to our Heavenly Father. It's impossible to raise our kids perfectly, but it is possible to raise them right if we are seeking our Heavenly Father. Amen. And I want to give you a word of encouragement as we close because in 2 Peter chapter 1 it says that God has given us everything we need for life and for godliness. Everything Fathers, there's not a single thing that you lack. Not a single thing. It's a universal truth. That's true for everyone here in this church that's a believer. But fathers, you have everything you need to be that amazing father that you want to be. He will give it to us. But we need to depend on Him. We need to build with His approval. We need to build as He builds. Fathers need the Father. And every child needs a man who submitted to Father God. And who can respond when they say, Dad, will you help me? Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you so much that you are here with us. We thank you that you are our ever-present help in time of need. We thank you that you have given us everything we need because you've given us yourself. Lord, as we 
live out our, our goals and ambitions, Lord. We don't want to leave you out of the picture. We want you to lead us in our, in our goals and in our ambitions. And so, Lord, as we seek to, to be the, the men of God and the women of God that you've asked us to be, thank you that you've given us everything we need. Everything we need. We need to look to you. We need to follow you. Thank you that you've provided everything we need for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you are here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if he isn't your heavenly Father, he wants to be. And he wants to count you as a child of God. And to do that, actually, I'm just going to dismiss the parents to go get their kids now. To, to join the family of God, it's as simple as ABC. Admit that you're not perfect. Believe that Jesus is that perfect, sinless sacrifice for you. And then C is choose to live for him today and every day. And so I'm going to lead us in a short prayer doing just that. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time, then I would love to speak with you. I have resources to give you, free, free books and free things to give you on your journey with Jesus. Let's, uh, let's close. And actually, if I invite you to stand as we close in this prayer, please. If you just all repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you that even though I'm not perfect, that you are, that you lived that perfect sinless life to pay for my sin. And so I thank you and I choose you as my Savior and as my Lord. Help me to live every day for you. Amen. Again, if you said that prayer for the first time, please come talk to me. I have free things to give you. That's the best price, and it's the best thing in the world if you said that for the first time. So I also want to invite the prayer ministry team up, and uh, if you have prayer for absolutely any need at all, if you are reaching out to Father God, if you are saying, Dad, can you help me? Then these people want to pray with you and they want to say that with you and they want to see you healed. They want to see you get that wisdom that you need for that next step or that guidance. They want to see God glorified in your life. And so please, for any reason, please come forward for prayer ministry. And um, otherwise, I want to dismiss you. Have yourself a wonderful week and God bless. And please use the emergency exits out here so we can prepare for the second service. Have yourself a wonderful week and God bless.